0: the comedy zone podcast is a member of the queen city podcast network powered by ortho carolina now offering video visits so you can take control of your orthopedic care from the comfort of your home schedule online at OrthoCarolina.com. carolina.com ortho carolina you improved
1: from charlotte north carolina this is the comedy zone podcast Find us on Twitter at the CZ Podcast. Email us at ComedyZonePodcast at gmail.com.
0: Now, your host, Jason Allen King.
2: Welcome, everybody, to the Comedy Zone Podcast. This will be airing on January 7th, 2021. The first podcast of 2021 uh, here at uh, the Comedy Zone podcast. I'm Jason Allen King. Uh, we're excited about this being 2021. It feels good um, on a normal year, you know, to, to come clean, you know, a- after the new year and to feel good. And uh, it's extra special this year. Uh, I feel like we've walked away from a train wreck. It's just smoking on fire behind us and we're just kind of dusting ourselves off and, uh, and we did it. And I'm very excited about that. As always, uh, the brilliant, talented man behind the curtain, Brian Baltashevitz. I'm looking at him, and he just is a single tear slowly down his face. <laughs> That's
1: exactly it. So, exactly. uh, how you doing,
2: buddy? How you doing, 2021? Now, you feel good? I I feel sick to my
1: stomach, and I'm going to tell you why. <laughs> so, so, did someone kick you in the balls 38 seconds ago? No, not yet, but it's coming. Okay. I have a I have a Christmas cookie dilemma. Jason. Oh, geez. I, so, I didn't know we were going, going there. Uh, so, you'll remember in the Jen Snyder show, we were talking about the batches oh. of Christmas cookies that my wife made, mm-hmm. right? Remember the little the Christmas nipple cookies? Cro- Christmas. Christmas N- N- who could Sniders? forget the right. Christmas nipples? Exactly. Certainly, <laughs> Certainly not me. Nothing so, says Christmas nipples. <laughs> my wife and I worked really hard to get rid of those by like the beginning of January, right? So, all those mm-hmm. cookies are gone now. And when I say get rid of them, I mean we ate them. I don't mean we give them away. <laughs> I mean, we, we it wasn't ate... wasn't a lot of shipping of <laughs> we cookies, We right. dozens and dozens of cookies. And... Some away. we Well, we threw some away, but most of them we Just ate. Just a couple. So, uh, <laughs> zip it, lady. So, <laughs> so, so...
2: That's what kind of podcast we have here. Yeah, that's exactly Chauvinistic right. one. Right. Zip it, lady, To say the <laughs> girlfriends and wives. Go
1: on. So, Monday... Uh, our postman postperson (laughs) delivers a gigantic box of Christmas cookies that my mother-in-law had sent to us three weeks ago that got delayed at the Postal Service in Michigan. So now we got Uh rid of several dozen Christmas cookies only on January 4th to have delivered to us another several dozen Christmas cookies.
2: Now likely stale potentially dangerous Christmas cookies.
1: Yeah, I mean we're still going to eat them. Yeah, but no, but yeah, they're, nobody they're, thought you weren't going to eat them, right? You're <laughs> but they've been, yeah, they've been sitting apparently in a postal warehouse in Michigan for oh, the past God. three weeks. Cr- Christmas here nipples now. in there? Any Christmas um, nipples? No, because my mother in law knows better than to try to make the Christmas nipples, <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> She's just embarrassed. She's just like yeah. fanning herself. She's just I cannot make Christmas nipples. I don't know why yeah. she has a southern accent. She's in Michigan. I don't yeah. know why I do
1: that. Also, if we can make sure that uh we never mentioned my mother-in-law in the same sentence with the word nipples again. <laughs> I, I would appreciate that. I would appreciate well, that very much. So that's just on my anyway. list to do every episode now. That's fun. <laughs> but yeah, we're up to our nipples and Christmas cookies, Jason. It's a real, it's a drag. It's a real drag. Good job buddy good job uh,
2: well uh, to everyone out there and I, I just want to say uh, uh, we're here it's 2021. sure maybe things don't feel exactly different right this minute right now but uh, let's let's look to the future and positive things and, and let's let's spin positive as much as we can this year. I'm excited about it. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna start low and end high I'm positive of that. Um, comedy is is slowly picking back up, and hopefully we're doing it safely. And and uh, so I want to just kind of leave it there. And uh, we should we just need to get we need to get to our, our first guest, our special guest of 2021, Brian. Right? Like, what, what, we shouldn't waste any time, right?
1: I am very excited. Hard to believe it's the first time in the nearly six years of the Comedy Zone podcast that this guy's been on the podcast. I'm a little ashamed re- honestly, that he hasn't been on sooner. Yeah. It, you know what? It
2: was it was a mistake that we were quick to uh, uh, fix in 2021. Said we said we will not have it. I don't. We have to get this guy on here. <laughs> um, if you don't, if you don't know him, uh, there's just so much. So I, I was trying to. I've been thinking about how to pinpoint. Uh, the style of our, our guest comedy, and uh, I, I'm going to need some help from him. He's this hilarious guy who gives you a little bit of, uh, little bit of Southern uh, humor, a little bit of, he's clever, he's smart, he's got energy on stage. He will take you on a journey just like he does in his regular life. This guy travels around the country. Uh, I can't wait to hear his stories about that uh he literally travels all over the country doing comedy uh he had a he had a, a, a station wagon kind of thing he's going to tell me a little bit more i'm probably getting the car wrong but i think he's upgraded uh this guy is hilarious and he's got a new album coming out and you absolutely want to get it put your hands together everybody for a cliff cash on the <laughs> on the comedy zone, the podcast. Look at I did I mentioned he's the handsome guy. Look at this with the the
0: uh, blonde hair. Look at
2: he's, he's cute,
0: man. I like it. Oh, man. <laughs> I I feel I feel cockier than I've ever felt in my life. <laughs> holy shit i need to keep chasing around with me like 24 7. i need i need a I need the recording of that on like my alarm clock so when i wake up in the morning like i'm gonna keep you it and then you come on you're like you're so good you're good. look at your face i'm gonna start selling that oh dude, you should be a motivational speaker i'm like over here tearing up and shit <laughs> Are you talking about me i guess i yeah, guess i'm all right know. <laughs> Hell
2: yeah, you are, man! Uh, I'm I'm so excited to have you here, buddy. I really am. You're uh, you're a great dude. You you treated me well from the beginning, from when from when we met. Which I don't know if you remember. We uh, we you were opening for David Tell. I think is the first time we worked together. Anyway. Yeah. Um, man, that was fun. And, uh, yeah, it was that was a really fun weekend, man. That was really cool. And uh, I but I had seen you at the Evening Muse before. The first time I ever saw you was at the Evening Muse uh, several oh. years ago. That was it with Jen sense.
0: Snyder, right? Who yeah.
2: Yeah, that was a fun show, too. Yeah, it was. Very, yeah, I love that venue here in town. Uh, well, we're, we're glad to have you here, man. I, I usually like to just, like, tell me, how, how's life, man? The pandemic has been kicking everybody's ass. Like, how have you been doing with that? Uh,
0: you know, I, I think I've been through enough in the last few years that uh, it's a little harder to shake me than it used to be yeah oh so it's like you're gonna have to come with something better than like me losing all my income at <laughs> in <the> global <laughs> pandemic to get me rattled um but it's you know it's like,
2: swimming pretty hard but yeah i get it
0: right right i love that we're like we got a vaccine and they're like no nah, there's another strain that's more deadly and contagious like oh shit <laughs> um but no, I, I've been okay, you know, I, I just sort of been rolling with the punches and trying to find the upside and everything and uh, adapting and just trying to stay positive and um, I was actually on tour when everything shut down so I lost I think I lost 11 cities yeah. on Oof. that tour. Which you know, as a stand-up comedian, eleven cities adds up to be about a hundred and fifty dollars. So yeah, you know.
2: <laughs> you're barely having gas money for the month. Look at you, that's crazy. Uh, how did you? How do you handle that?
0: Yeah. Now I had I had a bunch of good shows lined up, so I lost a chunk of change, and then yeah, I I, I thought, well, maybe this is just lasting for a month or two or whatever. And then I just I end up basically losing all like everyone else uh, all my shows for the year, um, but I have just been doing like renovation work uh, instead. That's what I used to do a long time ago, and so I've been uh, I renovated a house in Asheville for some friends of mine, and they sold wow. it. And then I'm now in Denver renovating uh, three bathrooms and a friend of mine's house. And I didn't know that.
2: That's fantastic, man. Good for you.
0: Yeah. I, I did see yeah. on uh, Facebook that you were in Denver, but I didn't know,
2: I didn't know why, but uh, yeah, that's one of the things I like about you, man. You are a positive spin guy because I've seen it like from your, you know, your car will, you know, break down and you're like, all right, got to get it towed here and then we're going to fix it. And then I'm going to, you know, it's just always something that you're like, this is what happened and I'm going to, you know, like you said, roll with the punches. What's the next thing? How do I keep yeah. doing, keep doing what I'm doing, you know?
0: Well, um, I wasn't always that way. Uh, and I realized, you know, just doing some, some work on myself and, and, uh, growing through some hard things and, and reading some, you know, some books on spirituality and meditating and all those things. Um, but I realized when I sort of got to a more peaceful place within myself, I looked back on my past and all the issues and I'm like oh yeah that was totally my fault I created that I, <laughs> I created that my energy attracted that that was that was toxic awful shit and it was totally my fault I yeah. wouldn't have said it at the time but I'm not I'm not too proud to admit it now but um but yeah there was there was one time I was with my ex-girlfriend and we're, <laughs> we're in the old uh, Mercedes station wagon We've driven around the entire United States. We've been on tour for five and a half months together, which is like oh, a massive feat for any two people. And uh, we're not together anymore, but we're still friends. Love her very much. Uh, awesome girl. But so we've been on tour for five and a half months, and we're literally like a hundred miles from home, and the car is like it's like it's <laughs> it's too messed up to keep going. And so <laughs> oh. I'm. The, and, I, I can hear the drive shaft knocking around and I'm like, come on, you got a hundred miles in you. And it, <laughs> Nope. And the drive shaft just basically like breaks loose from the, like I knew it was happening. I just didn't have the means or a place to fix it. And I just hoped I could get uh, home. Man, and uh,
2: I have this, a picture of this like cartoon car. That's just <coughs> coughing and like smoke is coming. Oh out. dude. It's just like, you know, that, that oh, that's awful.
0: I, oh. I put 200,000 miles on that car in, in less than four years. And wow. uh, so now it's got almost 300 and it's sitting in my mom's driveway, still, still runs. I, I crank it and drive it every time I'm home. And no, I'm
2: kidding, I kept it. That's great.
0: Planning on giving it to my niece when she turns 16. So I've got a couple of years to like dial it in and make sure everything's running right. But so the car breaks down on the side of the road and we call a tow truck. We're in the middle of nowhere. So you know it's going to be a while. And so Erica and I, you know, I like go into the woods to pee. And when I walk into the woods, I realize there's this beautiful creek down there. And so I come back up and she's sitting there and, and she and she's really and She's really awesome. Um, yeah. A very, very wise soul. And she looks at me and she was like, everything's fine. Everything's going to be OK. And I just kind of smiled. I was like, I know I'm I'm fine. Like there's a beautiful <laughs> there's a beautiful creek down there. Why don't we take the cooler down there and our chairs and go down there and make lunch? So we take all our cooking gear and our camping chairs and we go down and we sit by the creek and we made some vegetable uh banh mi sandwiches like on the cook stove. And we we're just like sitting on sitting on our little chairs by this creek wow. <laughs> having lunch. Literally down. making lemonade. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Good for yeah. You, man. And what I was gonna say, I'm sorry to be long-winded, but uh one of the things that I learned, like this is sort of a paraphrased quote from uh, a guy named Eckhart Tolle, who's who's sort of a spiritual teacher. And I'm, I'm again, I'm super paraphrasing. Um, but basically, the concept is, he says, you know, if you break your arm, you've, you've already got a broken arm. That's that's going to physically hurt. It's an inconvenience. It, you know, it's already a, 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 an obstacle that you broke your arm don't also make a mental problem out of a physical reality don't Mm -hmm. also be angry that your arm is broken sad that your arm is broken regretful fearful uh whatever you know Mm -hmm. so it's like obstacles are enough by themselves you don't have to also like mentally suffer because of a physical obstacle so
2: right no no i like that i like because the the, one of the things that i picked up recently because i you know i've been been uh, looking inward, we'll say, and uh, it's uh, it's what I've been taught is experience the emotion and then then let, let it go. Sure, you know what I mean. Just experience it and then move on from it. Don't let it own you. Don't let it sort of you know sit on top of you. Uh, and and to sort of turn this to into a a through the lens of a comedian. Do you think that at some point? I mean, these are kind of heavy questions that we're kind of getting into. But do you think at some point, like all comics who are at a certain level or get to a certain, you know, time frame that you've been doing comedy long enough, where your self evaluation? I mean, even even when I first started out, I felt different because I was constantly trying to to think of the stage and how it's going to turn into a joke. Do you think comics get to a certain place where you just become more mature as a comic, more? Self-aware and how you think and go about your day because how much it's influenced by comedy. I
0: mean, is this something that's a natural progression? You think
2: happened for you?
0: I mean, I, I think I think my uh, personal growth and all of that is is sort of started to happen first. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's probably made me a better comedian. I don't think I don't know how connected they are, um, mm-hmm. but I know I've definitely grown as a comic just like situationally I don't feel the need to be on all the time I'm Mm -hmm. sure like headliners who met me in the first couple years are probably like oh man that dude's brutal because I was just always trying to be funny and I was and I was doing that my whole life you know and and now a lot of people if someone doesn't know me and they meet me they'll be like "Ah, I thought you'd be funnier and I'm just like yeah I don't feel the need to be that person all the time anymore I can just be a, a A truer version of myself uh and you know i kind of go up and and perform and leave it on the stage and then i'm just like i'm a lot quieter than i ever was before i was a Mm stand-up comic Um, that's interesting but one of the (laughs) things i think just like developing it in the in the art form is just um you know kind of maturing in the sense that like you realize every gig's not vacation it's every gig's not a celebration you don't have to drink you don't have to party you can you mm. can still be social and like stay clear-headed I pretty much always drink water on stage these days uh, mm. I, I'm sure people listening have heard have seen me uh, drink something other than water on stage probably <laughs> too much I think there I was, have there, yeah there was one weekend at the comedy zone where they were like your drinks are comp and I was like bring me a fishbowl and I just thought it was hilarious <laughs> to have the big fishbowl liquor drink on state. That just was a funny kind of like almost a prop to me. <laughs> right. uh, I think I had too much, and I, it was ridiculous. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I think you just figure things out. And and I think for me, I figured out like how to keep my my uh, personal like financial footprint small. Like a lot of mm-hmm. camping, a lot of like cooking my own meals and snacking and not drinking and not just spending money. So um, yeah, because you know, until you're famous, if you want to do this full time, you have to be really creative to make them to make the money make sense. So I'm kind of determined to not have some other full time job. So uh, oh, living, yeah. in a, living in a van is the other way to <laughs> accomplish that. Yeah,
2: I mean, that's something I kind of touched on two things that I think that You know, I think this is a podcast that both fans of comedy and comics uh, listen to and and we pick up different things from other people. That's something that I I've actually started working on spreadsheets on. How do I make this, you know, this Thursday, Friday, Saturday show that I had to drive eight hours to get there? How can I make this the most financially viable thing where I'm not going to make that much on the show, but I also don't. I know I'm not going to make a ton of money, but I don't want to lose money. So I'm like, all right, I can make sandwiches when I leave. I can buy, <laughs> buy bread when I get there, you know, that kind of thing and come back. And you sound like, I mean, you're like level 140 compared to my level 10 on that. Um, you know, any, any other uh, words of wisdom on how to make that happen? I mean, I mean, you're again seriously taking it to a next level.
0: Well, I think the real solution is for all comedians to join together and say, yeah. hey, we're not going to do this anymore unless you pay us a wage that's remotely dignified.
2: Oh, you brought dignity into this. Well, listen, that yeah. has no place, that has no I place where comedy on podcast
0: now.
1: How dare you?
2: I, I said, I said the D word.
0: <laughs> um, oh man. That's... You know, I, I think for, for young comics, uh, if you're out there trying to do it and not lose money, I mean, I, I think it's important to realize like, again, you don't, you don't have to drink a bunch and you know, um you don't have to eat out every meal pack some food uh you can stay you can get a decent hotel if you really look around in most places for 50 to 70 bucks that's not that bad you know everybody like I, I would rather stay in a motel where I can park my car right in front of the, my door to my room. Because <laughs> if I forget something, it's right there. It's basically in the closet. You know what I mean? Amenities are overrated. Hilton. Dude, you stay in a Hilton, it's 20 bucks to park. The Wi-Fi is five bucks. True. Your car's four and a half miles away in a parking deck. You don't even know where it is. <laughs> you know? You got to walk through three miles to get breakfast and that's 12.99 i want to go yeah. to the place where i get a free donut my car's right outside because <laughs> i'm gonna forget i'm it's gonna be one in the morning and i'm gonna be like damn i got spicy cheetos and half a car. that was a very specific example
2: <laughs> this is the most glass half full bullshit i've ever heard and I, i'm here for it man. i love every minute of it because and i'm actually serious like i'm the same way i don't mind my car's right there i don't have to go running out, around all over the place i guess I, amenities are kind of i'm here for work i'm working man i don't need yeah. all of the other bullshit i'm not you know but my ego is
0: not so big that i need need all that other crap so
2: I got uh, my white rude.
0: noise app. So, you know, as long as there's no bed bugs and I can run my white noise, I'm going to sleep fine.
2: Oh, now no. we're talking.
0: Now we're talking. I like I... staying in the I like staying in the motels where the key is the old school metal key. <laughs> that never gets <laughs> defeated by your cell phone. Like when did we switch yes. to a system where like, hey, don't get this key near anything else that's important. This is the thing that gets (laughs) you into your room, but don't get it in your other credit cards or your phone or your keys or your skin or cloth or air. Yes, it's
2: like to (laughs) stop working. I stayed in a place actually with Sid Davis and uh, uh, Jordan Scott Huggins. It's in the middle of Ohio. I can't remember the name of the town. And the hotel was uh, uh, Hotel M. And it was like, it smelled like that old, old <laughs> motel of like cigarettes and sadness, and like <laughs> it was everything. And it had the key with your room number on it. So if you lost it, people knew where to go kill you. And right? uh, we joke that, you know, M stands for murder. Murder. Murder I was, was going to say. <laughs> Mayhem. It was the Mayhem Hotel. Uh, I would, man, I that's just- awesome.
0: I was just waiting to chime in and say the M stands for murder, so glad
1: we're on the same wavelength. I had the same joke loaded up. Oh yeah. uh, well, bunch <laughs> <some laughs> <your Yeah>. comments
2: <laughs> the whole week. We kept changing up melee hotel, uh, malicious hotel. It's a it's a fun game. It's a fun murder game. Um, well, listen, we're we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, I wanna I wanna talk about um, the, yeah more travels. because you upgraded, right? Yeah, with, with your whip. Okay. So, I want to I hear about that. And you have a new album that, that uh, is just dropping this week, right?
0: Yeah, it, it drops at midnight Thursday, January 8th.
2: Dang on, dang. All right, we got to talk about that, more about your comedy, and some other things. So everybody, uh, come back. We're going to take a quick break, pay the bills. See ya.
0: At Ortho Carolina, my personalized orthopedic care feels like home because video visits bring my provider to me. Ortho Carolina, my care, my way.
2: Schedule your in-person or virtual appointment today at orthoCarolina.com.
0: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze.
2: Welcome back, everybody, to the Comedy Zone podcast. I'm um, Jason Allen King with the dashing Brian Baltashevitz, uh, the man behind the curtain. He's awesome. And uh, we've been having a great conversation with Cliff Cash, very, very funny uh, headliner traveling around the country. He's currently in Denver and uh, uh, learned a lot of great things about Cliff. Very funny man. Um, Cliff, I'm kind of curious. We're, I want to know what your, what your new weapon is, your new whip that you're driving around. But I do like to find out, like, what's the, what's the, the cliff notes of your origin story? Getting into comedy, were you always a guy who's like uh, cutting up, or did you? How, how do you approach comedy when you first were coming into it?
0: Yeah, um, well, I was kind cool. of saying there, like, I feel like I, I might, I feel like I might not be as funny as I used to be because <laughs> before I became a comic, I just had all these ideas in my head all the time, and yeah. I was just constantly cutting up trying to make people laugh. <clears throat> and then stand-up comedy is like really allows me to like get my fill you know what I mean yeah. so I'm, I'm really I'm not on all the time anymore but yeah I was always uh getting in trouble I was a class clown and you know kind of party guy in college high school and college and um I mean even at work like I the last job I had years ago now but uh, I had a sales job in a Mercedes dealership and my boss just straight up told me multiple times, like, if you were, if you were less funny, we would have fired you by now. Cause I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> I was late a lot and I'm like losing the keys, to cars and, you know, I'm just like unorganized and distracted. <laughs> and he was like, you just bring a lot of camaraderie to the sales force. Or we honestly, we would have let you go by now. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Like- I was like, all right, well, good talk. Uh, I'm going to go get some lunch. (laughs) I'm probably going to be late coming back in. So thanks for the notes. (laughs) Thanks for letting me know I'm invincible. I'm going to keep doing everything I'm already doing. (laughs)
2: Uh, That's cool, man. That's very cool. So when was the first time you were on stage? Like uh, after college, after after kind of a work thing?
0: No, no. um, So... I always loved stand up. I, I would I would watch stand up specials. Like I would rent stand up specials from Blockbuster, and just never take them back. Like I would just pay. People. So it's you like, man, that, I just you pay-, you pay that
2: fifty cents a year.
0: Oh, dude, it's like sixty five dollars to own the Chris Rock. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then so people would come over to my house, and I would be like, okay, smoke this, and watch this. And uh, I would just make people like watch like Chris Rock specials or Doug Stanhope or whatever I had gotten my hands on. And um, this is this is going to uh, Dane Cook's going to be very angry about this. But <laughs> I, I was watching a Dane Cook special with uh, an ex-girlfriend and I was thinking to myself, like, I don't really dig this that much. And and but I but I wasn't saying anything. I wasn't verbalizing it. And all of a sudden, she just like looks at me and she goes, you're funnier than him. And I was like, really? She's like, yeah. I was like, are you just saying that? She's like, no, you're you're funnier than him. And I was like, I was just thinking I don't really like this that much. And uh, and it just it gave me this undeserved, unwarranted sense of confidence. And so not too long after that, the comedy club opened in Wilmington where I was living. because I had never lived anywhere where there was a comedy club or comedy scene mm. that I knew of. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. So I I just never um, in my whole life, people would say like, man, you should try stand up comedy. But to me, that's like, you should be the president. Like, I don't know. I don't know how to do that. You know, it it felt very far
2: away. (laughs) I I had the same feeling about working in film and and performing and stuff.
0: Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. So finally that club opened up and there was an open mic and uh, I just, I just went down and started going for it. And it went, I, I prepared for a week <clears throat> the first time i went on stage I, I i wrote bits i wrote jokes i had a call back i really really wrote it out and i really worked on it because i was so like terrified at, to risk it not being funny mm-hmm. uh and, and i'm still that that way kind of it probably keeps me from growing as a comic as much as i could because i'm i won't even take a an idea to the stage until I've already run it by people in conversation, or I've called my brother or my best friend on the phone. Mm -hmm. And and so I just really, really dialed in the set and, uh, and it paid off. It was, it was really, went really well for a first time. And honestly, if it hadn't, I probably wouldn't have tried again. I probably would have been too scared to do it again. So I'm, I'm really glad that I did that. Uh, And I owe that to the owner of the club, Timmy Sherrill, Cause I, the first time I showed up just to watch, and I got some drinks in me, and thought, "Oh man, I'm ready." And he was like, "Nope, that's not how it works. You got to be here at seven thirty and sign." I was like, "Oh man, please let me." He's like, "Nope, see you next week." And if he would have let me, I would have been an obnoxious idiot that didn't have anything to say. It might have so, tainted the whole experience, man. Like you said, yeah, yeah. So I, I did it once. That was like that. That was uh relatively recently i was 30 when i started and um Good for you yeah, i think that was 2010 i oh, know i was 31 so it was, it was 2011 and uh i went to open mic every week for i don't I, I don't think i missed it for like a year and then within about a year and a half i started doing some a little bit of feature work um you know wow. 100, 100 bucks here and there And then got in with Comedy Zone, then got in with Funny Business and, you know, slowly got in with different bookers that book a bunch of rooms and did some festivals, which enabled me to like get in with some indie produced shows. And Mm -hmm. so basically when I started touring, I just um, I mean, I was I was treating it like a job within about three years and I I closed slash sold my recycling business uh about 5 years in and went went into comedy full time and my wife was thrilled we're not together anymore um <laughs> <laughs> okay. so uh yeah i just i went for it and and what i what i started doing was just kind of like i would try and get club weekends i would i would call everybody email everybody hey i really want to be in florida in november what do you got? And I would take everything that the club bookers would give me. And then I would sort of structure the month around that. And then I would just add as many indie shows as I could. Somebody's got a Tuesday. Somebody's got a Thursday. Somebody's got a Sunday. And so, you know, there's states like Florida and like Michigan and, you know, several others where there's just a ton of comedy. There's a ton of like small gigs. Yeah. I mean, if you really were efficient about it, you could spend two months doing a different, different shows every weekend through Michigan or Florida. Um, Yeah. yeah, People
2: are taking notes, man. That's, that's, those are the little gems that, that come out man, when we have these conversations where it's like, yeah. Like, where do you want to be at this month? You know what I mean? Where, you know, like uh, people have asked me, I'm like Google comedy clubs, uh, comedy shows in Florida, you will have, enough information there to, to really take off and, and make something happen. Like I've, I've done it. Yeah. And and
0: for me, there's like, I mean, there are shortcuts and the shortcuts are like viral videos, viral podcasts, uh, whatever, getting on a TV show. I mean, something that just catapults your career. But aside from that, there are no shortcuts to the actual work. So yeah. it's just, I would sit down with my laptop for hour. I mean, nine to five for days and days just emailing people facebooking people um but at the end of it i might have a a florida tour that's you know 18 shows in 30 days and then on the days off i would go see the florida springs or go to the beach or go camping or whatever um and that's that's how i that's how it started and i just you know once I did that for a while, I was able to like build up enough rapport and connections with mostly comics, but clubs too, where they'll go, Hey, I'd like to have you back and I can give you this, this much this time. And uh, so the money gets a little better every year and uh, it's a little easier to get back into different scenes. And, you know, this time everybody knows me, so I can do this show that I wasn't able to do last time, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so the last few years, I just, um, I just would kind of plan out uh, tours around like where I wanted to be and what season, you know? Like I don't want to be in Maine in the winter or or Texas in the middle of the summer. So uh, <laughs> last year last year I did both
2: Buffalo and Wisconsin in February. So Nice. I make I make good decisions in my life. So <laughs> pay attention to Cliff everybody, not not me. <laughs>
0: And there's also a the, the big risk in situations like that that you you might not be able to get to the show. I mean, flights get canceled, sure. and roads Good. get covered up. But yeah, so I try and go. I try and go in warm places in the winter. Um, yeah, like I do the club in Key West every every fall. I do, I'll do Florida, Texas, um, and then in the hotter months, I try and be like you know Pacific Northwest or like Colorado or. Very so nice. it's been fun, man. I've I've been. 47 states so far. Is that right? That's fantastic, man. Good for you. 45 national parks. So you've been to all of them. <laughs> no, no,
2: I'm not that I'm not that dumb. Uh did you so you upgraded though? You upgraded to a new to a new uh a van, right?
0: Yeah, got a, a Mercedes Sprinter van and I got a great deal on it, had low miles. It was at a dealership in Florida and I, I called the guy and it was, it was actually at a Mercedes dealership and he was like, man, we're not going to mess with it. It's leaking transmission fluid. It's leaking oil. We don't mess with stuff like that. We just wholesale it. Cause we're not trying to oh, wow. drop an X amount in the service department. And i was, he was like, I, you know, I, I can't sell that to just a, a regular person. And I was like, well, Hey, for the record, I used to be in the car business. This is the dealership I worked at as a Mercedes dealership. I get it. I know how it works. I'll sign it as is a waiver. He was like, man, if you can be here tomorrow, it's yours, but I can't hold it. So I I rented a minivan and put literally all of my most, pretty much all of my possessions from power tools to mountain bike (laughs) minivan stacked to the ceiling with just enough room for me to sleep in the minivan. Drove all the way to almost to Naples and uh, slept in a parking lot, got up the next morning, bought the Sprinter van, moved all the shit out of the minivan. (laughs) van and then went on tour (laughs) with the van shit and finally when i got to missouri uh my buddy stetson banks who's a great comic uh he kind of runs the comedy scene out there and uh stetson's family has like a a heavy equipment dealership slash repair facility so he's like dude pull the van in here we'll work on it this was already my plan oh man I got to his place and me and him basically built out almost all of it in like three or four days. We built a bedroom okay. and got storage going in there. So yeah, it was already shaping up to be a crazy year. And so then I went on tour and I was on tour for about two weeks and then COVID. So. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That's how that hat's how that went down. Are you oh, yeah. me? I got the van just in time for comedy to die. <laughs> uh, holy shit! Oh you're like well,
2: all right i got this great van i'm gonna go on tour and then they were like there's no more touring
0: right all you comics stay home oh, don't do shit I, I have impeccable timing
2: good lord Man, i got
0: into the, i got into the car business right before 9 11 so uh <laughs> my real estate investment career peaked in uh 2008 uh, i was gonna say during, let me guess
2: 2008 during, holy shit! during the bubble
0: and uh yeah, and and 2020 probably definitely would have been the, the the best year of my comedy career so far. So you know, whatever, you just go with it. People should just follow your Facebook page and just learn what not to do or invest
2: in, <laughs> right. or what direction to go in for uh, years to come. Well, all that being said, you like you're this positive guy. You take all this this uh, uh, these experiences. Uh, you're obviously just a, a handy person, self sufficient, very resourceful person. In the middle of all this, you've recorded a comedy album. And you got, you got, now explain it, because I only know a little bit about it. So, Stand Up Records.
0: Yes. Yeah, was, it was, was
2: part of this. And, and, and halfway, halfway there is the name of the album. Yes. Tell me about it. Tell, tell me how all that shook out.
0: So, um, I actually recorded this album. Uh, this hour about halfway into my comedy career or where I am now. So it's, it's several years old. Um, but it, it was a good recording. I had some talented people do it for me. Uh, I, I, I still feel good enough about the material that I wanted to put it out there. I'm, I'm proud of it. And it was really just a great show. The, the audience was awesome. Um, it just went well, energetically, so, I had this hour. I've had it for a while. And, um, you know, there was always a reason that I didn't do this or that with it. You know, at one point I was touring with two other guys and I thought maybe we're going to release something together. So, I don't want to put this hour out right now. And there's always something kind of like keeping me from really putting it out on a, a bigger scale. And so, uh, Dan Schlissel, who owns Stand Up Records, saw me close out a show at the altercation comedy festival in Austin, Texas. And after the show, he just, you know, he's, he's a man, of few words uh, relatively, but he just said real funny, real smart. I'm a fan. (laughs) And I was like, made my day. Um, So I messaged him uh, after that. We were, we were already friends on Facebook and I just sent him this hour and I said, Hey, I know this is like a few years old, but, I feel good about it. I'd really love to put it out in an official way. And so he believed in it enough to, to put it out on his label. And wow. which is awesome because he's done albums for like Mark Marin, Patton Oswald, Hannibal Burris, Maria Bamford, Doug Stanhope, David Cross. So not only like big name comics, but like smart, more cerebral comedy, you know. Yeah, and sure, that, sure, sure. To me, that's that's the real compliment is to be you know not just on a list with with great comics but comics that have something to say and and really are i like to
2: ask pe- people in the show, forgive me for cutting you off I, I like to ask comics like to define their comedy style because you get a variety of answers and sometimes you know people don't know they don't know how to describe it they, you know and that's okay it's just sort of an interesting question for comics to think about
0: well uh I sometimes use this to come on stage to um, Kevin Nealon. I opened for Kevin Nealon at the Funny Bone in Columbus, Ohio. And he was really nice, uh, really gracious, and he described my comedy as a mix between Bill Hicks and Rory Scovel and then never wow. talked to him again. So uh, it was good and bad, I guess. <laughs> I co- I have, sometimes I have the host be like, this next comic Kevin Nealon said blah, 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 and then told him he was going to get him on Conan and never talk to him again. And then I'd <laughs> like,
1: That's a true story.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs> I uh, probably said something weird, is probably. I probably farted and didn't even realize it. I don't
2: know. <laughs> My yeah. hunch is Kevin Nealon said something weird too, if I know anything about Kevin right, Nealon. Right. I'm sure.
0: So wow, yeah, that's I mean, really I mean, interesting. Uh, I, love, I love the smart stuff. You know, I mean, I love carlin um but like even growing up sometimes i would watch carlin and think man this is all really like smart and really true and it's and it's like really good rhetorically but sometimes it's not super funny i mean sometimes it's amazingly funny but sometimes the stuff he was yeah. saying was just true and it wasn't necessarily laced with humor and so Especially i think when
2: I, his career i agree yeah mm-hmm.
0: i think i think when i got to the point where i was in an, an in control of my comedy enough to really be intentional about what I was doing. I think my goal was to, uh, you know, achieve that same mission of like having a message, making a point, doing something that's somewhat intellectual, but not ever sacrificing the humor, like not, you know, not losing them laugh wise, like just really trying And And uh, I don't mean
2: this facetiously at all. That's probably a good, uh, that's probably a good strategic move. (laughs)
0: You know what I mean?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I know, I know a lot of people, good comics who, who kind of, they, they lost it with Carlin later. Not that they don't love him, but you know, these are conversations I've had before where it became, it became a soapbox and a, and a, a, you know, a place for him to gripe as opposed to entertain, you know, and, and, you know and I and I so I get that you you want to you want that balance and I think being funny regardless uh should be the the, the number one goal you
1: know yeah I, I agree. It, Cliff um, you said something really interesting a, a minute ago I mean you know it's all been interesting but particularly there was a phrase you used in the last uh, thing that you said um where you felt that you were in control of your comedy. Uh, I think I know what you mean by that, but tell me what that means. So I think that's probably
0: the the probably synonymous with people saying like finding your voice, finding your comedic voice and your style. Um, you know the it, it takes a while, yeah, and the like the first time I I performed, I wrote that whole you know, a a whole bit, a whole set really. And it went pretty well, but I didn't understand comedy enough to know that it was totally okay for me to do that same set next week and just make it better each time. Mm -hmm. So for like, I don't know how many weeks, but a lot, I tried to do a different four minutes every week for, for weeks. I mean, several weeks Wow. and I was running out of ideas, you know, and I was, and I was not really in control. And at one point I, I wore this dumb turtleneck on stage. Cause like I was, I wasn't confident <laughs> enough that what I had to say was going to get them. And this was like a this was a sure thing. This turtleneck is a sure thing. They're going to laugh at the turtleneck, even if they don't like this new bit I wrote. And then I took, I had a cardigan on, I take the cardigan off and you see that the turtleneck is sleeveless and it's, you know, <laughs> that's that, that wasn't really me being in, in control, you know? And, uh, and I was just kind of like, I'll do anything. I'll do anything to make them laugh. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'll right. fart or burp if I have to. Whatever. Um, so I think, again, I think again, a good quality of 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 a
2: comedian, and I mean that again, sure. not yeah. facetiously. But and I honestly, appreciate what you're saying.
0: And honestly, coming from like a, a vulnerable place, that's that's really built into my crippling fear of rejection. And I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 so terrified. To fail up there, that I that I'm gonna have a backup, I'm gonna have some go to that's gonna turn it around if it's not going well. I'm probably not even gonna try anything that I don't already know is funny. Um, so you know, but it it took years to get to a point where I pretty much feel like I can walk into a room and be like, I'm gonna put on a good show and they're gonna have a good time, even if there's ten of them in a space that holds a hundred it's Mm -hmm. still going to be good. And I, you know, that it's control confidence, um, you know, whatever the word is, but once I got to a point where it felt like I could do this with my eyes closed or whatever, you know, that I really got this figured out. Um, it's pretty well oiled. Then I started to get more intentional with it. And, um, I started to go a little deeper. And, and so now it's not on this hour that's coming out right now, but I'm working on this hour now where I talk about I talk about my dog dying, my dad dying, uh, losing my ass financially, my wife cheating on me. And I, you know, and it's all this t- terrible shit. And so when that hour comes out, it's going to be called Tough Year. But I, you're putting, I you're putting out a
2: country album. Right, right. A very <laughs> it's funny. a country
0: comedy album. <laughs> but it's uh (laughs) you know know, it's good i get them i i bring the crowd down low i mean i literally will sometimes look out especially when i'm talking about my my dad passing away and and you know i won't go into it but i talk about those heavier things and i bring the energy down to like i mean dead silence and i'll see people like wiping their eyes like they're tearing up and then it's joke 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 you know and i've and I just like ran the jokes home and then I bring them back down again and then back up. And, it, uh, and that's the, you know, I couldn't have done, there's no way I could have done that a year or two or three or four uh, or even five years in. And so um, I don't know what I'm getting at, but.
2: Well, talk about, about control, because I think, uh, uh, you know, uh, I, I'm not the most uh, experienced comic, but yeah, getting it, getting a, getting a crowd quiet is an incredibly intimidating thing it is a some would say a dangerous thing to do so you know again from my experience level that is unless i know really where i'm coming from where i'm going that's a scary place to be so i can appreciate the like you said the control that you're talking about what you must have and the confidence and the material to come to get them to that place is is, pretty awesome man
0: there's there's one point where uh i talk about how how tough it's been for my family my sister came out uh told my parents that she was gay and uh, maybe 15 years ago my parents are really conservative and religious and and that you know just that sort of uh rift between them and how painful that was for the whole family and you know and it's a really somber thing and there's jokes sprinkled in there but it's very like low energy somber serious topic and then I go but when my dad got brain cancer and the, and you can hear people be like, God, and then I go, and then I say, uh, I'm really bringing the energy down, huh? I'm like I like to, I like to bring the energy way down in the middle of the show and still go for the standing mm-hmm. ovation. It's kind of like showing up for a first date with shit in your pants and still trying to hook up. And so that gets a big laugh. And then I go into the brain cancer stuff and I bring them down again. And then at the end, and so I basically I say, you know, my my gay sister ended up being my my father's caretaker and being by his bedside as he passed away. This is this uber religious conservative man. And, I you know, I say, you know, she showed him unconditional love. And it's the most Christ-like thing I've ever seen anybody do. And it's dead quiet. And then they'll start clapping because it's a sweet sentiment. You know, people will start clapping like that's beautiful. And then I let the clapping die, and I go, That's why it's such a bummer that she's going to hell. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> Come
2: on. <laughs> that was great because I know the bit. I know the bit. And then you say your family's like, uh, you know, a conservative religious family because I mean, and I won't give anything away, obviously, but your first, I don't know how many minutes of your show that I is so, so entertaining, especially when you're in on the joke and you know and you kind of like, got to know know where you're going with it it's it, dude it's so fantastic i, I really oh, enjoy yeah. it uh and I, I don't know if you're still doing it. I, I certainly hope so and i hope it's on the album but i don't want to
0: yeah i think on the album uh i i do start off kind of in that like redneck character and i think probably on that hour i'll probably stay in it for 10 minutes or so Uh, but occasionally if it's going really well if if I'm doing an hour somewhere occasionally I'll kind of stay in that redneck character for like 20-25 minutes really oh man and when I come out it's very hard to get the crowd back (laughs) with me because they're like we like that guy yeah right we don't like you. We don't trust you. You're a, you're a liar, you know? And yeah, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know you
2: when you did that at uh, the evening muse. So I was in, I was hooked. Yep. And then oh, you pulled great. that shit. I think I stood up. I was like, I, what just happened? That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I stood up. I was like, does, does everybody else know what just happened? Oh, so good, man. Really brilliant stuff. It's and <laughs> unique too, man. That was the other way it was hard to describe your stuff. It's a very unique uh, perspective, and unique voice so good unique, really,
0: really is a, unique is a hard thing to be in in stand-up comedy yeah.
2: I, w- I would agree i i I just follow everybody else I me mean, like everyone's doing that now i'm gonna do that shit for a while
0: That's what <laughs> I, try. I i kind of felt like i knew i had to be unique because i i couldn't just like email boogers like hey you looking for a, a husky uh 40 year old with whiskers come on <laughs> you probably don't know anybody like that
2: you got uh, any white guys you got any white yeah. guys in your uh
0: rolodex there you got a five foot ten white guy <laughs> too much pizza this year
2: man I'm trying to stand uh, out
0: I, that's my my, my,
2: my, my uh <laughs> my, my shtick uh i don't and i don't want to gloss over it halfway there stand-up records you can um you can uh, purchase this all over the place, right? iTunes, Amazon, right? Like uh... yeah.
0: So it comes out January eighth, but you can pre-order it now, which I would really, really love for people to do if if they will. Uh, I I would love to see this thing get to number one on the iTunes comedy charts. Um, and I okay. think I think if people if all the people who really like my comedy and believe in me will pre-order it, I really think that it can get there. Um, but yeah, you can get it. It's called halfway there it's a it's a sketch drawing of of me on the front with like half of the picture kind of missing yeah and it's great um,
2: it's great uh great artwork for it, it really is
0: Good yeah stuff. i'm super super pleased the guy did an awesome job and uh yeah it's amazon music apple music itunes there's uh, it's on vimeo as a special you can watch it watch it instead of just listen is that right oh that's great on vimeo i think i think it's also 10 bucks there probably but Uh, yeah then you just then you have it and you you know subject subject other people to it
2: (laughs) (laughs) just like you did growing up right you would still yeah chris rock and and play it for everybody and and also you know you're you're a north carolina guy uh right i mean you're you're from uh you kind of you say you grew up in wilmington but aren't you from more local to charlotte
0: yeah i'm actually from gastonia i just didn't want to say anything Mm -hmm. um I thought what- when
2: I was frozen, trying to get it out of you, man. No, I'm no. kidding.
0: I'm kidding. We'll no. edit out of that shit. <laughs> no, people give Gastonia a hard time, but those people have clearly never hiked Crowder's Mountain or eaten at the Acropolis Cafe in Franklin Square Shopping Center. Because if they had, they would know that it's an amazing place. Uh, it's the cultural mecca of the South. No, but yeah, I grew up in Gastonia until up my senior year of high school. Then my folks moved down to the beach. Um, my parents were like, we're going to move to the beach when you graduate from high school. And I was like, hey, we live in Gastonia. Let's go ahead and go. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not going to be upset. Yeah. yeah, We can go. We can get the hell out of here. That's fine. We don't want to uh. take you out of Gastonia. No. It's <laughs> amazing, I'm gonna, man. I'm going to adjust. <laughs> well, I want to tell everybody
2: listening, uh, uh, Charlotte folks, uh comics and and you know just fans of comedy north carolina guy you know look at you and fortune are both out of Gastonia, and we all want to be successful coming out of this area so go go get cliff's uh a special watch it on vimeo go buy this thing it's great i i I know a lot of uh, this album and it's great and you will not be uh you will not be upset that you got it it's really really fantastic um and I, I, I want to. You mentioned it a little before. You are still a fan of comedy. Before we get out of here, I, I like to ask if people, if, if comics watch comedy. Do you still watch it? And and again, there's no wrong answer. Some do, some yeah. don't. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, uh, I do. I watch. I watch a lot. Um, it's harder when I'm not sitting still. But like, if I'm you visiting, don't sit
2: still, man. You never yeah, sit
0: still. Yeah i mean i'm doing a lot of camping and and uh sort of surfing between different people's places and whatnot but yeah when i'm sitting still especially if i'm by myself and i want to watch netflix it's very often whatever's the most recent special out there i mean Mm -hmm. i'm kind of a tough crowd you know because i've opened for people like david tell and kevin nealon and and michael che and you know i mean just great comics and, and 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 Comics at my level, some of the some of my peers are the funniest people in the world and and are honestly funnier than most famous comics. Um, so I've seen so much great comedy that sometimes I start a Netflix special and I'm like, Nope, I gave you 10 minutes, dog. <laughs> you know, and those are the moments where you're like, I want a special. I, you know, I'm not saying I'm the funniest guy in the world, but I'm funnier than you know whatever I know
2: it's uh, funny I I'm always telling people all the time it's like if you there's a club in town and there's someone there who you've not heard of before go because they've been fighting for years to get there and you're gonna get a game and you're gonna be surprised by everything you're not gonna have 10 years of chris rock and segura and these guys to influence what's going to come out of their mouth it's going to be all new and you're going to and you will not be disappointed for the most part do a little bit of research i do tell people to you know if you're if you're offended by some shit do a little bit of looking around but otherwise like go get it you know what i mean but that's good i'm glad i'm glad to hear that i you know some people like it some people don't um what, uh, but before, you know, on, on our, as we, uh, exit this podcast, as we dismount, like what, what's coming up for you, man. You Tell me about 2021. Where, where can people find you? Where, you know, what, what are we doing?
0: Well, um, I'm, I'm been renovating this house in Denver and, uh, I'm going to get, Come visit? <laughs> well, yeah, I told my buddy, I was like, just pay me at the end. Cause otherwise I'll spend it as I make it. And I won't have any money. So I've been living very frugally while I've been in Denver. He's paying me for all three bathroom renovations at the end. And uh, I should invest that money in my comedy career or a savings account or healthcare, But I'm going to go surf in Mexico instead. (laughs) Uh, I'm going to take the van. Uh, I'm just going to sleep in my van and surf down through Baja and Sayulita. And uh, I've got my surfboard with me in my van in Denver, (laughs) which is weird uh what, a, you know what a hippie this guy is such a hippie i love yeah him. occasionally somebody will get in the van and be like, is that a surfboard i'd be like don't worry about it uh <laughs> you, want, you want a beer um <laughs> but yeah so i, I think i'm gonna tour mexico for like uh, maybe a month and a half or something awesome. and then that's about as far as i've gotten i mean it feels like unless comedy opens back up pretty soon it feels like i'm sort of dipping my toe back into um design and renovation and I'd yeah. like to I'd like to hopefully do some projects on my own, flip some houses and that kind of thing. Um, sure, sure, sure. and I've you. got a I've got a long term uh sort of daydream, but I, I intend to do it. I wanna I wanna build like a treehouse retreat, like adult treehouses as like vacation rentals, uh, and live in one of them when I'm not traveling. That's kind of like that's my biggest long term goal, other than comedy. I mean, I don't know. I'd love to get a Netflix special. You know, I think my comedy goal ultimately is if I could, uh, if I could get a Netflix special and then if I could just play good rooms as many weekends a year as I want, I don't care about arenas or theaters. If I could play a funny bone or improv or helium every weekend and, and have most of the crowd there to see me specifically, I'd be the happiest guy in the world, you know, anything above that would be icing but uh but that's really i just love i love comedy one guy or girl microphone audience I, any, anything else to me is like not stand-up comedy you know i don't want to minor league or a clown juggling dicks or whatever just seen that
2: clown i've seen that clown it's not yeah you don't want
0: to it's not a kid's show that's what i'm saying i I would love to get like on a show or you know I would any opportunity that presents itself I'd be all about it, but my end game would be I'm gonna do this show so that I can do more and better stand up comedy gigs. You know what I mean that's ultimately that's my my love. So
2: that's the dream, man. Good for you. You got you got a lot of things uh, happening in 2021, man. Be safe down there and and uh, have a great time in Mexico uh you, tell everybody where they can find you where, where you at on uh, facebook instagram got a website
0: yeah all of, all of my stuff is all cliff cash comedy from my website to twitter instagram facebook uh instagram is the one i'm most active on uh and it's there's some comedy videos on there but there's a lot of nature photography um a lot of just thoughts on life and a lot of updates about just what i'm doing from house renovations to hanging out with my nieces or whatever. Uh, so it's pretty, it's, I kind of treat it like a, like a photo album that I can always like come back to. So it's, it's stuff that's important to me. And, um, but there's also links on my Instagram to buy the album and to check out my photos and all of that. So, uh, yeah. Cliff cash comedy.
2: Excellent, man. Well, listen, we wish you the best uh, in 2021 uh and all the things that you're doing like i said be safe out there on the road and and have a good time and i i, I know you will uh, uh for everybody else please go buy this album uh check out cliff cash uh you you'll thank me later uh it's gonna it's a great album i guarantee it and uh, yeah this is our first episode of 2021 everybody the, Ooh, the light at it. the end of the tunnel it's, it's still six months away but we're, we're we're getting there brian any thoughts buddy
1: i'm gonna go eat some cookies you um you, old nipple cookies. cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you yeah, I really meant, are. Save
2: me some.
0: I will. I meant to say something about that when I first logged on. Like, hey, no more mother-in-law nipple talk. About that. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah, like yes, it, you know, the, to, to some of us it's a pandemic, but to some <laughs> other
0: other people it's a pandemic. Uh, pandemic. There it is. <laughs> I did this guy's podcast last night. That I I did a show with him in Michigan. He's the nicest guy in the world. He's kind of old punk rock guy, and so he's you know he's like scruffy and he had the black leather jacket with the patches on it and flannel and like he's smoking cigarettes and whatever. <laughs> Just he he looks like you'd like be hanging out at a biker bar sort of, but like <laughs> not really. So. Uh, he he reminded me of this i don't remember doing it at all but he was like man i thought it was so funny the first time i met you i opened for you and you came on stage and said give it up for the stepsons of anarchy <laughs> 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 he was like now i use that to describe myself during every uh, <laughs>
2: Good stuff, man. Uh, All right, guys. Well, we will see you guys next week. Again, check out Cliff Cash, uh, buy his album, and everyone be safe out there. Take care of your neighbors and uh, look for comedy and laugh every day. Guys, I'm Jason Allen King. This is Comedy Zone Podcast for Brian Botashevitz. So long, everybody. See you next week.
1: Toodaloo. The Comedy Zone Podcast is a production of Comedy Zone Worldwide and is recorded in a bunker just off the Comedy Zone showroom at the Abbott Exchange Music Factory in Charlotte, North Carolina. The executive producers of the Coming Zone podcast are Brian Heffern and Brian Balthashevich. Talent wrangler is Mike Hall. Original music composed and performed by John McKeever.